The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Do you know many Christians have packed their lives because of unforgiveness? They have packed their lives. Many are going and they are still stuck where they are in the past. Unforgiveness. Many are going. They are doing great. The person didn't even know that he has done anything against you. And you've packed your life. He said, they don't know. Nobody knows what they've done. What have they done? Is it, is it, worth, is it worth you packing your life and remaining there? Remaining in the past whilst the world is moving forward, you are still in unforgiveness. Forgive and move on. I said, Forgive and move on. Tell with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 11. The book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 22. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I read, the Bible says that, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm sharing with you this morning on a message I have titled, The God Kind of Faith. The God kind of faith. The scriptures are clear that we cannot please God without faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Him there means God. But without faith it is impossible to please God. It says, for he that cometh to God must believe that God is, and not only that, but that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So that means without faith, we can't please God. And the same is true that also without faith, we can't receive anything from God. Why? Because Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says that we are saved by grace, but we receive that salvation through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, by grace are you saved through faith. Can you see that? We are saved by grace, but our salvation is made applicable or relevant through faith. In other words, grace provides and faith takes what grace has provided. Are you following me? So everything in God is only accessible by faith and not by tears or by crying. 
is accessible by faith. Faith is the basket. Faith is the vessel by which we receive from God. So that means without faith, we can't receive from God. Is that correct? Without faith, we cannot receive from God. Now, if we cannot receive from God without faith, then the question we want to ask is, what is faith? What is faith? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 defines faith for us. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. So that means faith is for now. Faith is a spirit, but it is also for now. Anything you postpone is hope. Faith is for now. When you came to church this morning, you sat on a chair without checking whether the chair would break or not. Is that correct? So that means you have faith in the chair. Isn't that right? Now God wants us to have faith in him and in his word. So it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That is what faith is. Faith also can be defined as believing that God will do what he says he will do. Numbers 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should what? Lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? So every time God says it, he makes it good. Like God said to Abraham, I am going to give you a child. At 100 and at 90, Sarah, the Bible says Sarah's womb was dead. Abraham's body was dead. Yet, they did not consider the deadness of Abraham's womb. Why? They counted him faithful. So, irrespective of where you are, one thing is sure. When you hear God says, I will do. No matter what's happening around you, he will do what he says he will do. Because his word is sure. You remember in the book of um, Mark chapter 4, when Jesus said to the disciples, let's go to the other side. Do you remember that? And he was in the boat or in the ship. And the Bible says that when they got to the middle of the sea, there was a storm. But in the midst of the storm, he was sleeping and his disciples were crying, Master, carest not that we perish? But he has already said that what? Let's go to the other side. 
Now, the fact that he has said, let's go to the other side, does not mean that there will not be storms. Are you following what I'm saying? But irrespective of the storms, his word supersedes the storm. His word is that let's go to the other side. So if you have faith in his word, you'll do what Jesus did. What did he do? In the midst of the storm, he was sleeping. But his disciples were worried. They were crying. Master, carest not that we perish? The Bible says that he was sleeping in the boat whilst the others were screaming and shouting. And when he woke up, he said to the wind, peace be still. Notice he did not speak to the storm. He spoke to the wind. Because the wind is the source of the storm. The storm was generated by the wind. So he cut off the root, the head of the storm. And he said, peace be still. And you know the end of the story, the disciples look at him and they say, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the storms obey him? No, it is his word. His word says, let's go to the other side. You see, the, the storms comes just to test the validity of the word. What you're going through is only testing whether the word God has spoken over you is true or real or not. But what you have to be confident of is that you will get to the other side. Irrespective of what's happening around you, you'll get to the other side. That is the promise. The promise is that let's get to the other side. The storms may come, the challenges may come, but he said, let us go to the other side. So no matter what happens, if you can focus on the word, you will get to the other side. So that's what faith is. Faith is simply believing that God will do whatever he says he will do. Irrespective of your circumstances. God says, I am the God that healeth thee. He says, by his stripes, you were healed 2,000 years ago. Now, you might have a little pain in your body. You might have gone to the hospital. The doctors might have diagnosed something and given you a negative report. The fact that you can feel the pain does not negate his word. The pain is there only to test whether you believe his word or not. That's not where you start, you start crying. Oh, this pain is killing me. No, because you have to remember what you say is what you get. You have to understand the language of faith. So the scripture we read in the book of Mark chapter 11 verse 22 the Bible says that Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in who? God. Have faith in who? God. Oh, let me hear you this morning. Have faith in who? God. Not in man, not in yourself, not in the doctors, 
Not in your pastor. Have faith in who? God. We have faith in God. In other words, remove your faith from everywhere it is and put it in God. And last week I was demonstrating to you that when Jesus said have faith in God, what Jesus was saying is that use the God kind of faith. Because there are some mountains your faith can't handle. So Jesus is saying that if your faith cannot handle this mountain that is standing before you, use God's faith to remove the mountain. And you know the background of this scripture. The background of this scripture has to do with Jesus was six days till he goes to the cross. He's about to die. And there are a few things he needs to sort out before he leaves. And the Bible says he was going to Bethany of Bethphage. That is more of his refreshing center. The house of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. That's where he usually goes to refresh himself. So he's gone to Bethany. He's coming back to Jerusalem. He needed to put things straight before he leaves. And the Bible says that he went into the temple. And when he went into the temple, there was gambling going on in the house of God. People were buying and selling. The church has become a place of gambling. And when that happened, Jesus didn't do anything. He left, went to Bethany. And the following morning where he was coming, the Bible says that he was hungry. And when he was hungry, he saw a fig tree afar off. And when he saw the fig tree, the Bible says that he saw the fig tree had leaves on it. Now, it was not the season of figs, but the fig tree had leaves. Why was that so? Because the fig tree is the only tree that produces it figs before the leaves. It produces figs before the leaves. So every time you see a leaf, there is a guaranteed assurance that you'll find figs on there. It's a guaranteed assurance. So when Jesus saw the leaves, he knew without any shadow of doubt that there were fruits on there. And when he got to the fig tree, there were no figs. There were no fruits. That is what happens to many, many Christians. Their life is full of activities. They work so hard. There are leaves. They are busy. The leaves represent busyness. They are busy. Work nine to five. They come home, rest for two hours. Go for another shift. They are busy busy body, always going about. Every time you see them, they have their business bag, doing business. You, you can see that this person is genuinely busy and working. Working hard. Sweating. And yet, at the end of the month, there are no fruits. So Jesus saw the fig leaves, but there were no fruits. And when he got to the fig tree, 
He said, this is not how things are meant to be. The fig tree is not supposed to have fig leaves and no fruits. And the Bible says that, and Jesus answered it and said, I want you to trust me on what I'm saying. I'm quoting scripture. We don't have the time to go through it all. Other than that, we'll stay here forever. So I'm just summarizing the background for you. The Bible says that, and the fig tree said something. We didn't hear what the fig tree said, but the Bible says, and Jesus answered it and said, if there was no question, there would be no answer. Is that correct? So that means the fig tree might have said something. And to my personal study, this is what I came up with. I believe it is true. Now, how many of you remember what happened in the Garden of Eden? After Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that they sowed fig leaves and covered their nakedness. Do you remember that? Now, initially before the sin, they had the glory of God cover them. But immediately they sinned, they fell from the glory. Now they have to use fig leaves. The moment they took the leaves from the fig tree, that leaves automatically start dying. It's just a matter of time. Now, what the fig tree was saying to Jesus in Mark chapter 11 is that you have six days to die. I know how you're going to die. You're going to die on the cross because you have come to redeem man from the curse of the law. And the only way you can do this is to go on the cross and when you go on the cross, you are going to die naked. You are going to die a shameful death. So guess what, Jesus? I am going to cut a deal with you. Same deal I cut with Adam. I covered Adam's nakedness. So I want to cover your nakedness on the cross. But the Bible says that Jesus said no. When you covered Adam's nakedness in the garden, Adam did not destroy your root. He left you so you can destroy the second and the last Adam. So the Bible said, Jesus answered it and said, from henceforth, no man eats fruit from you ever again. Now what Jesus said was a curse. He cursed the fig tree. And the Bible says that they moved. When he said that, his disciples heard it. His disciples heard it. And when they moved, the following day, they've gone to Bethany of Bethphage. They are coming back now. Remember, he needs to put in order in the house of God before he leaves. He only has six days. So when he was coming back to Jerusalem, the Bible says that Peter said, saw the fig tree and said, Master, look. The fig tree that you cursed is withered. And that's where the scripture comes in. Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus said, have faith in God. Amen. What was Jesus telling them? Use the God kind of faith. And we'll go further. You know, Jesus went into the temple. He put the house in order. Whipped out all those who were merchandising the house of God. And then the following 
page, the following chapter, we saw unprecedented miracles. Why? Because Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So what Jesus is telling us is that we must use the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith works within 24 hours. Anything you use the God kind of faith for will operate and receive results within 24 hours. But the the challenge is many Christians don't want to come up to the level of God's kind of faith. God wants us to use his faith. And remember how faith comes? Faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing what? The word of God. That's how faith comes. So the only way we can use our faith is to make sure we are using the God kind of faith. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. I'm laying a foundation. Are you getting this? Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. It says, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as as if it were a, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, notice the instruction, come up where? Come up hither. In other words, bring your faith from wherever it is to the level of heaven resources. Come up hither. Bring your faith up hither. So quickly, if we are going to operate in the God kind of faith, there are eight characteristics of the God kind of faith. How many? There are eight of them. The first one. Number one is the God kind of faith believes. The God kind of faith believes. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. The God kind of faith believes. Mark 9, 23 and 24, the Bible says that, and Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, how many things? How many things? Oh, let me hear you properly this morning. How many things? All things. It says all things are what? Possible to him that believeth. So the God kind of faith does what? Believes. So if you can believe, that means all things will be possible for you. If you can believe, the God kind of faith will give you access into the realms of possibility. That's why this is our month of possibility faith. If only you can believe. If only you can believe. The question is, do you believe? What are we? We are believers. Right or wrong? We are believers. And believers are supposed to do what? Believe. Believe. But it will interest you to know that we have very, a lot of unbelieving believers in the church. They say, I believe God. I believe God is all powerful. I believe God is almighty. Yet, when you see a cockroach in your your kitchen, you start running. 
You see, I believe God lives in me. I believe God is all powerful. Yet you see a cockroach and you're running. That means you don't believe. When you believe something, you put your mouth where your belief is. Jesus said, if you can believe, then all things will be possible to him that believeth. Verse 24, the Bible says that straight away the father of the child cried and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Can you see, can you see the conflict he is in? In other words, one part of him believes, the other part doesn't believe. That's why he was struggling. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my own belief. So number one, the God kind of faith believes. Number two, the God kind of faith speaks. These are eight characteristics of the God kind of faith. Number two, the God kind of faith speaks. Genesis chapter one, verse three. The Bible says that, and God said, what did he say? Faith. He spoke faith. So the God kind of faith speaks. You can't be a man or a woman of faith and keep your mouth shut. You have to speak. You have to say something. You have to say what you are believing God for. You might be down today, but you have to start saying, I am the head and not the tail. You might be weak today, but you have to start saying, let the weak say, I am strong. You see, the God kind of faith speaks. And it only speaks the word of God. Not your feelings. Not what you're going through. You don't say what you're going through. You don't speak what you feel. Because every time, remember, remember, you and I are redeemed as kings and priests. And remember, the Bible says that where the word of a king is, there is what? Power. So every word you utter, whether by joke, by plain, or seriousness, it comes with power. So you can't open your mouth and say, we are dying. You and who? Do I look like I'm dying? No. Say you. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Maybe you are dying, but as for me and this house, we are alive and well. We are the head and not the tail. We are victorious on every side. We are blessed and not cursed. So we have to say what God says. The Bible says that, and God said, let there be light. Look, look, look at Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 and 2. And let me show you something very important. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says that, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And look at what happens in verse 2. The Bible says that, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Where did darkness come from? Because God is light. And if God is light, God who is light cannot create darkness. The Bible says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So when God created 
the heaven and the earth, Genesis 1.1, verse 2, iniquity, darkness, found its way into what God has created. So the Bible says that, and, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So that means if darkness was upon the face of the deep, God saw the darkness. Is that correct? Because God can see everything. God saw the darkness. But yet nothing happened. He didn't say anything. The Bible says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, what did he say? Let there be what? 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 Not let there be darkness. Did he not see the darkness? He saw the darkness, yet he never confessed the darkness. Faith is a work of discipline. Faith is a work of what? Discipline. You can never say anything negative as a man or a woman of faith. You have to be careful. You might say, oh, I'm just playing. Oh, silly me, you will be silly. How can you possibly say silly me? God is not silly. Will God create anything silly? No. 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 So the Bible says, in spite of darkness, God never confessed darkness. What do you want? Darkness or light? What do you want? The blessing or the curse? Are you sure? What do you want? The blessing or the curse? Today, if I, I say, I want to teach on seven signs how to become work in the case. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody wants to work in the case. I said, oh, work, work for me uh, for 100 days and all I'll pay you with is a case. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be at a place where they are beaten down. So God saw the darkness Yet he spoke light. The Bible says that, and God said, let there be light, and there was what? Light. Why? Because light will always have superior authority over darkness. That's why the Bible says that, and the light shineth into darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. There is no question or argument between darkness and light. Every time light shows up, darkness has to flee. That's why every time you receive the word, you receive light, you receive illumination, darkness, that area of your life that is dark, has to go. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. So the God kind of faith speaks. 
And it only speaks good things. It only speaks life. It only speaks increase. It only speaks fruitfulness. It only speaks the blessing. That's a God kind of faith. So if you hear any pastor say, I'll curse you, it's not from God. He said, I have given you a command only to bless and not to curse. Are you following what I'm saying? Number three, the God kind of faith sees. The God kind of faith sees. Genesis chapter one, verse four. The Bible says that, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God saw, and God saw. Now remember Genesis 1-3, God said. Remember that? Genesis 1-4, and God saw. So that means every time you speak, you will see what you say. Now, I always put it this way. If you speak it and you are not nosy, you will see it. Does that make sense? If you speak it and you are not nosy about what you have said, then your eyes will see it. Now, how many of you, when you eat, how many of you had breakfast this morning? Okay, you had breakfast. Did you, did you have to take a knife and open your tummy and see where the breakfast went? Did you? You're not nosy about That's not, where the breakfast is gone is none of your business. You don't have to be nosy about that. Are you following what I'm saying? So when God says, let them be light, don't be nosy. Don't start questioning, how is light going to show up in this dark environment? Is it your cup of tea? Why are you being nosy about it? What do you want? All you want is light, not darkness. So don't worry about how God is going to, the dynamics through how God is going to create light. All you want to see is what is light. Once you are not nosy about what your mouth has said, your eyes will see it. I said your eyes will see it. Oh, I said your eyes will see it. And therefore I decree to you, everything you speak in this season, you will see it. Let me hear a living amen. Amen. I said everything you say in this season, you will see it. It might seem impossible, but once you speak it, the angels go to work on your behalf. They go looking for whatever you have said. When you decree favor, the angels start going looking for favor. They start going looking for someone to connect you with. And before you realize, favor is on your doorstep. Say a good amen to that. Don't be nosy. There are too many nosy Christians there. Nosy, nosy. How is God going to do? The moment you start being nosy, that's doubt. And doubt stops God from performing. Scientists cannot prove till date how 
a seed from a man goes into a woman and produces a baby. That little liquid brings out a human being after nine months. From that little liquid, there is hair, there is teeth, there are eyes, there are bones. Come on. Come on. That's God at work. Once he says it, it has to come to pass. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It says you don't know how the bone forms in the womb. You have no concept. You have no idea. And this bone started forming from a liquid. A tiny little drop of liquid. And then you sit down. You want to reason this almighty God. How am I going to get pregnant? Is that your cup of tea? Well, all you want is a baby. Is that your cup of tea? Just believe God for the baby. How am I going to be promoted? Is that your cup of tea? Just do what you have to do. Do what God says you must do. And the rest, God will take care of it. I said the rest, God will take care of it. And solution, no eye has seen. No ear have heard what God has in store for us. Say a good amen to that. You know what I heard this morning? I heard God said, I will never mismanage your life. I cannot mismanage your life. So that means you can trust God. You can put your faith in God. Because he will never mismanage our lives. How many of you have children here? You don't mismanage the life of your children. You don't give your children food from the rubbish bin. No, you you won't do that. So our heavenly father will never mismanage our lives. Question, can you trust him? So that God cannot fail number three, sees. Genesis chapter 13 verse 14 and 15 it says, and the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot was separated from him, lift up your eyes now from, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it and to thy seed forever. So when God is talking about seeing, it's not a physical seeing. It's a spiritual scene. So you have to see with the eye of your spirit. You see far. See the future. Everybody is declaring the future is bleak. You see a good future. It's a great future. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great month. It's going to be a great year. What are you seeing? You are seeing far with the eye of your spirit. And then you start declaring what you have seen. Number four. The God kind of faith removes mountains. Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Jesus said, for verily I say unto you. 
that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt. Did you see that? And shall not be what? Nosy. The other word for doubt is what? Nosy. Have you noticed that when you take food, you are not sure whether the food is gone off and start smelling. That means you're being nosy. <laughs> you don't believe the food is okay or it's gone off. That's being nosy. Jesus said, if you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have, 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 he shall have whatsoever he say. Say a good amen to him. So what God is saying is that you shall have whatsoever you say. So if you don't want it, don't say it. Parents, be careful what you call your children. Don't put a roadblock in the future of your children by calling them negative names. They might be failing in class today, but bring out the priest in them. Bring out the king in them. Bring out the queen in them. Tell them, yes, you might have failed, but you can do better. Just keep studying a little bit harder. Just stick to your books a little bit more. And by the end of the term, you are going to be the head and not the tail. We declare that over our children every day. You are the head and not the tail. And we see it manifesting. In their class, they are the head. In their school, they are the head. We see it manifesting. You have to declare what you want over your children. Be careful what you say to your children in times of anger. Be careful. Or to your spouse, your husband or your wife. Be careful. Because listen, angels don't know whether you are angry or not. They'll bring whatever you order. If you don't want to eat it, don't order it. A word to a wise is enough. So quickly, let's do a quick recap. What is number one? What are, there are eight characteristics of the God kind of faith. What is number one? Believe. The God kind of faith, that's what? Believe. What is number two? God kind of faith what is number three? God what is number four? Number five, the God kind of faith does not doubt. It does not doubt. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, it says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Doubt is a roadblock of faith. Now, assuming you want to go from here to, to London, and the only route available is the M23, right? There's the only route to get to London. Now, and let's also assume that there was a storm, and the storm blew 
a big tree on the M23. In the middle of the M23. And you get on the M23. And you want to get to London. Yet, yet before you get to the middle of the M23, the wind has already blew the, that big tree in the middle of the, the road, the motorway. Guess what will happen? Will you be able to get to your destination? Why? Because there's a roadblock. Isn't that right? Now, doubt is a roadblock. Your faith wants to get to London. But if there is doubt, you can never get to London. Why? Because doubt is a roadblock. And how do we deal with doubt? By the word. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word of God. You see, the same way faith comes, doubt also comes the same way. If you keep hearing words of fear, doubt will come. So to deal with doubt, you have to make sure you're constantly renewing your mind with the word, constantly listening to the word, and constantly staying in the word. And the more you do that, doubt will be removed. Because doubt is a roadblock. You want to remove doubt. You want to get to your destination. But so long as there's doubt, you can never get there. Number six, the God kind of faith prays. The God kind of faith prays. Mark chapter 11 verse 24. Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Anybody have any desires here? Yes. I can't hear you. You have any desires? Yes. Yeah. It says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. When you pray, not if. When you pray. When means it's a must. When is the only, when you pray is the only medium through which you can bring your desires to pass. It says, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So prayer is a key. Faith prays. Don't be lazy when it comes to prayer. You can't be a Christian who does not pray. You can't have access to anything. They say, oh, but God knows what I need. Yes, but the same God who knows what you need says, ask and you shall receive. Matthew 7, 7. It says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Verse 8, it says, for whosoever seeks, finds. Whosoever knocks, the door will be opened. And whosoever asks, shall receive. So, when you pray, you bring your desires to pass. First Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18, it says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In other words, don't stop praying. You might have prayed once. Nothing happens. Keep praying. Elijah prayed that he, he said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And he sent his, 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 his servant, Elisha, to go and check whether he can see something. Elisha went seven times. He saw nothing. The seventh time he came back and said, I see a cloud like a man's fist. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 40, 45 thereabout. He said, I see 
a cloud like a man's fist. Yet he said, I heard the sound of what? Abundance. Abundance and a cloud like a man's fist does not add up. Yet he said, go, keep going. Seven times. You are believing God for marriage this year. You pray one. Nothing happens. Pray again. You pray two. Nothing happens. Pray again. You pray for seven months. Nothing happened. Pray for another seven months. I'm preaching this morning. You are praying for your husband to change. He's a mean husband. He doesn't give you anything. He's not generous. He doesn't buy you flowers. He doesn't buy you a dress. He doesn't buy you a shoe. He buys you nothing. You pray, pray, pray. Nothing changes. What do you do? What do you do? You don't stop praying. You keep praying till you see results. You believe in God to promote you. You pray once, you see nothing. What do you do? You keep praying. You don't stop praying. How many times did they march around the walls of Jericho? Seven times. If they had given up on the sixth round, they wouldn't have had Jericho. Many people have given up at the eleventh hour. I've seen, I've seen people, some people in this church, they are single, believing God for a, a, a husband. And the day they got offended and upset and stormed out of the door, that was the same day their husband walks in. I said, look at that. You have just missed your Kairos moment. And yet this prayer has been praying for years. God, give me a husband. God, give me. And one little thing made you offended, upset. The day they stepped out, the following week, the man comes. And those people are still single till date. I know them. They are still single. They are still praying. But you've missed your Kairos moment. You have to understand the workings of God. You have to understand the workings of God. They say opportunity knocks but once. So when the opportunity knocks and you are not sensitive, you miss it, you've missed it. You miss it, you've missed it. So you don't stop praying. Verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. Not in some things. In what? In everything. In the good, what do you do? In the bad, what do you do? In everything. For this is the will of God. Number seven. The seventh characteristic of the God kind of faith is that God kind of faith receives. Oh, I love this one. The God kind of faith receives. Mark chapter 11 verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe that you receive them. One of the many challenges for many Christians is they know how to sow but they don't know how to receive. 
They know how to give. They don't know how to receive. God is waiting on you to develop your ability to receive. Say a good amen to that. You must always receive on a higher proportion than your giving. So the God kind of faith receives. Sometimes you have to position yourself to receive. Believe God to receive something big this month. Believe God to receive something awesome this month. Something great this month. You have to believe God. You have to learn to receive. Learn to receive. Train yourself to receive. I said, train yourself to learn how to receive. Tell God, I'm ready to receive, even up to half of the kingdom. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive five million souls into this church. I am ready, Lord. I am ready. My faith is ready. What are you believing God for? It's not just enough to believe God for something. You have to have the faith to receive what you have believed God for. The last one, the eighth, number eight. Before we, we go to the last one, let's, quick, let's do a quick recap again. What, what is number one? Say it again. The God kind of faith believes. What is number two? The God kind of faith speaks. What is number three? The God kind of faith sees. What is number four? The God kind of faith removes mountains. What is number five? The God kind of faith does not doubt. What is number six? The God kind of faith prays. What is number seven? The God kind of faith receives. And number eight, the last but not the least, is the God kind of faith forgives. The God kind of faith forgives. Now this is actually supposed to be the first one, but I deliberately put it to the last so we can deliberate on it a little bit. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. It says, when Jesus said, and when you stand praying, how many of you pray here? Let me see by hand. How many of you pray? I'm just checking. All of us pray, right? So Jesus said, when you stand praying, or when you sit praying, or when you sleep praying, whichever medium you use by praying. He said, when you stand praying, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, let me hear you. What do you do? What do you do? Forgive. It says, forgive if you have ought against any that your father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Please hear me. Without forgiveness, your faith will not work. If you are holding something against someone and think your faith will work, it shall never work. Your faith will not work if you don't walk in forgiveness are you following what I'm saying 
So you have to forgive. You have to what? Forgive. We must be Christians who walk in forgiveness. Somebody stole your, your money and so what? There's more money where it came from. Forgive. This is the cancer many Christians are struggling with, unforgiveness. One of the key foundations of Christianity is forgiveness. Why? For God so loved the world that he forgave them and gave his only begotten son. Romans 5.5 or 5.8, it says, while we were still or yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not after we said sorry. I said, pastor, I'm waiting for him or her to say sorry. No. What if they don't say sorry? Somebody crosses you, you're driving on the road, somebody crosses you and then you pack your car and you start insulting, insulting, insulting. Yeah, they are going. They are going. You have packed your car and you are doing this, doing that. What's it? Why would you do that? They are going. You have packed your car. Do you know many Christians have packed their lives because of unforgiveness? They have packed their lives. Many are going and they are still stuck where they are in the past, unforgiveness. Many are going, they are doing great, they are married. The person didn't even know that he has done anything against you. And you've packed your life. He said, they don't know, nobody knows what they've done. What have they done? Is it, is it, worth, is it worth you packing your life and remaining there? Remaining in the past? Whilst the world is moving forward, you are still in unforgiveness. Forgive and move on. I said forgive and move on. Pastor, you don't know what they did. So, Pastor, you don't know what, do, do you know what you have done to someone? Have you forgotten what you did? Why do you think you deserve to be forgiven and that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven? Listen to me. Listen carefully. Listen. Listen. There are many things God can do but there's one thing he will not do and he cannot do. God will never forgive you if you don't forgive others. My never is a capital never. N-E-V-E-R. God will never forgive you if you don't forgive others. You say, Pastor, is that true? Yeah, check the scriptures for yourself. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. The Bible says that then Peter came to, to, to Jesus and said unto him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee, until seven 
seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's 449 times of the same thing. No one has offended you on the same thing 449 times. So you have no right to walk in unforgiveness. If you read this scripture down, you know, the story talks about the parable of the, the man who was owing the Lord. And the, he was called and he was forgiven. Remember? And then he left the presence of the Lord or the king. And just when he was going, he saw someone who was owing him something little. And he started attacking the person. The Bible said he started talking him. Pay me, pay me. He's killing the person for the little the person was owing him. And when the king heard it, he said, bring him back. Bring him back. And he said, you, you were owing me something big. I forgave you. This person is owing you something little. And you don't want to forgive him. And the Bible says that he was cast into prison forever. That means, now that parable, that, that story is talking about God. If you cannot forgive, God will not forgive you. There are some husbands, some wives, they are working in unforgiveness. Especially some wives. Especially some wives. Your, your husband did something 10 years ago. And he said, I will never forgive you. I will never, 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 never forgive you. And 10 years ago when you said that, God also said to you, I will never forgive you. I will never, 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 never forgive you. Until you forgive your husband. Some of you are in marriages where you, your foundation for that marriage is unforgiveness. Listen, if you don't forgive, God will not hear your prayers. One of the key things God have to teach me very early in my work with him as a pastor is to learn to forgive church members. Because church members will offend you. Church members. Church members. Church members, they will, they will say things behind you, you'll be shocked. You say, what? This person said this? After the service, every time you preach, they'll come to you and say, oh, pastor, your message was powerful. This was a good, this message was for me. After they say that to me, they go behind me and say, ah, the pastor, what he's preaching, I don't like. That's when they want to leave the church. They start, oh, I don't like what he's preaching. He's preaching, he's just preaching faith, 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 faith. What do you want me to preach? The only thing that pleases God is faith. Amen. The only thing that pleases God is faith. When Jesus comes back, what he's looking for is faith. Not love. He's looking for faith. He said, when the son of man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Don't come in front of me and say, ah, Pastor, your message was nice. And then you go behind me and say, Pastor, oh, faith, 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 faith. It's our year of faith. You want me to preach doubt? 
It's our year. What, what is our year? This is our year. What? Yeah. Yeah. God gives us the, the, the focus for the year for a purpose. He gave us this year. This is our year of faith. So we can teach on faith. So your faith can grow in preparation for next year. Don't go behind people in the church and say, oh, this person is nice, nice. And then behind her or him, you start saying, backbiting. Two-faced. God hates two-faced people. God hates two-faced Christians. Don't be two-faced. Be straight. Be open. So that's one thing God taught me from the beginning. I said, learn to forgive them. So I forgave you before you came to the church. Before you joined the church, I forgave you long before you joined. So there's nothing you do that will touch my heart. That I will be offended and say, I can never forgive this person. No. You can steal a branch of the church, I'll forgive you. Don't work in unforgiveness. I knew from day one that there will be Judas's. Even Jesus had the Judas's carrots. How about me? So if you steal a branch of the church, I forgive you. I forgive you long before the branch started. Are you following what I'm saying? You criticize me behind my back. Oh, I forgive you. I don't like talking about myself in the pulpit. But what I'm saying is that forgiveness is key. Christianity, the foundation of Christianity is love. It's love. And you cannot walk in love and not forgive. It's time for us to allow love to rise up in this church. I said it's time for us to allow love to rise up in this church. Stop allowing the devil to block your prayers. Walking in unforgiveness will block your prayers. God will not hear your prayers. It's time to walk in forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.